Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right, they will. There will be no system updates. No system updates. I double checked. Perfect. Cool, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Good, good. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Know Thyself podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And I'm Eduardo. And uh, let's go ahead and just go for it. Last week, we 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 extensively spoke about the. Um, seven days of creation that would lead to the Garden of Eden. So today we will go into Adam and Eve and the esoteric and exoteric comparisons to the understanding of Adam and Eve and even just the the free will decision uh, between the the one moment that we all are very familiar with, you know, in regards to um, Adam and Eve um, having to disobey God and... Um, and the consequences that came from that, which, you know, lead us down that path, I think from Genesis one through 11. And then I think after that is when the world kind of starts to reassemble through, I think Abraham, is that correct? Like, the yeah, it's going to kind of make its way through the kind of that whole bloodline situation. Right. right. So, um, so I know there's a lot to cover. And so with regards to the garden of Eden, I think, you know, we'll start with, you know, man being created by God and then going from the idea of Adam starting off and then Eve. Um, and yeah, man. Yeah, no, I'm perfect. Excited. I'm excited too, you know, because again, the, the beauty about this season is just how well, not just so well like we've done it, but just how these subjects blend in with each other. Right. You know, so you really can't really, we're talking about them in this isolated fashion, but really... It's this kind of continual story. And there's always insight that kind of comes to both Eduardo and myself like a day after the podcast. So that we've kind of like gone back through this whole genesis and kind of like adding stuff to stuff that we've kind of left behind. But um, yeah, I love the conversation about the seven days of creation that we had because it really did kind of help give us an understanding of really that cycle of necessity and that journey of the soul. But really, again, how the the individual mirrors the universe. Right. Just like in the creation of the whole universe, we saw that with the creation of the individual. And um, the one thing I don't feel like we really chatted enough about, and I kind of wanted to reiterate, was we go through this whole process from that single-celled organism all the way up to this complex human experience. And um, I don't think we really went into the idea of on the seventh day was the day of rest. Yeah, no, we didn't. We you know, didn't, We didn't go to the Sabbath. Right, and just how important that Sabbath was um, and what that represents in the whole chakra system, and that's going to represent that crown chakra. Because if you remember, we were chatting about it when we got to the number six in the episode of Numbers, we discussed how you really have control of the energies of those six chakras because it's it's the balance and communication between those six that kind of turns on that almost antenna-like aspect of the crown chakra, which is the seventh. Um, and this goes back to that golden rule we talked about, with the aspect of like what we were kind of speaking about with Emmett Fox and how in spirituality we go through all these aspects and we try to really, you know, develop the will, gain courage, and really, you know, become that sovereign individual. But there's that whole aspect in your spiritual progress where you realize that, you know, and we know we've spoken about this often, but this is kind of what the seventh day is entailing us, is sometimes your spiritual advancements happens only when you get yourself out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, to let spirit kind of work through, work through those other six channels, those chakras um, that kind of come down. So I think when it kind of comes to our spiritual development, this is why Buddhism always had such a great aspect to connect to people because they understood that seventh day, I think, better than most, of that uh, the ability to be, to be quiet and kind of go within. Um, and actually you know, it's so important to be active in this world and be creating and become creators. Um, but it's just, just as important to kind of instill and kind of let everything settle. Right. Um, as well as listen to those finer substances, 
which we're talking about in this whole, you know, talk of time, and we talk about how we're in this Kali Yuga, and we talk about how we're in this twilight of this Kali Yuga, which can be a very heavy, concrete kind of feeling. Um, so that seventh day of creation, we talked about how in the Kali Yuga, you can still start to hear like the trumpets of the angels of this golden age that's, you know, a couple thousand years away. But in that quietness, in that seventh day of cre- creation, in that rest where we can actually kind of slow down the body, that's where we can actually start perceiving those those the hymns of the angels that are what we should be trying to tap into. And again, just to connect it with that Kali Yuga, we've had so many people talking about like, oh, I feel like the first season kind of gave me more inspiration where you guys are kind of talking about like the apocalypse now and it kind of, it's not as bright. Um, But what we want to kind of do is really understand what that seventh day of creation is. Right. Because that's where we're going to perceive this golden age energy. Uh, Because that vibration, even though it's, you know, thousands of years in the future, it's still in the time span of things, it's still very close. So you can tap into that, but it's going to take those balanced six days of creation, those six chakras to open up that crown chakra. So you can kind of start perceiving that energy. Yeah. Making the next move. Like I, I know I like what you said about our listeners saying, Hey, if you're going to, you know, continue on this second season, is there any glimpse of hope? And I'm like, no, the glimpse of hope happens on this, on the day of Sabbath. Like right. you, you need to understand that. Um, you know, whatever we speak about here, since these are just opinions of Daniel and I based on studies that are super ancient, the blueprints that they leave or the clues they leave for for such things like reaching a spiritual understanding or having that sort of like golden aura around you on the seventh day, you already know this. Most people on the seventh day will tell you something feels unfinished or something feels like, like I've heard people even say, Sundays are, are depressing. Like Sundays can be depressing. And I'm like, no, you just don't know what to do with the vulnerability that is occurring within you at this moment, in my opinion, because you can seize the day. And then there are other people who didn't really want to figure out why they felt that way. So they just started coining a Sunday fun day. And so they mm-hmm. took, um, you know, this day that they have off and sort of like kind of masked it with whatever they might do. And I'm not you know, putting anyone down for having a good day on a Sunday. That's totally fine. That's your prerogative. That's not what I'm saying. But what I like that you're saying in regards to a glimpse of hope is to have an understanding of what you're supposed to do with that seventh day and the energy that is available to you to tap into something that may set you off for the next week, two weeks, months, however you want to look at time. There is like a sort of open space there on the Mm -hmm. seventh day that gives you an opportunity to, um, I don't know, kind of go within. Like I, no one, no one in my life ever said, don't look at money on, on Sunday. No one, <clears throat> not, it's not a single person in my family. Like no one's like, Eddie, if today, you know, you're going to like go to your piggy bank and start counting coins, just don't do it on a Sunday. still can't tell you why I, I put that on myself, but I've been doing that since I was a kid, like money, um, issues that come up that, you know, I want to sort of break down like a financial, like you know, state of mind of what, what's next week going to be like and how am I going to budget for that? I would just, no, mm-hmm. Sunday I would just always renounce that kind of energy and not really care for like, like I'll let Monday come around and maybe Tuesday will really kick my my behind in regards to, to what I'm supposed to be doing. But, and so it's just interesting that like we have these instinctual, um, I guess like guides. And I like that you're talking about the angels and how that's the day that you can sort of like reach and sort of have guidance, but we often don't allow ourselves for that for various reasons, different schedules, different lives. Um, but it's something that uh, I'm really happy you bring up because during these readings, certain things will resonate with you. And some of them are meant to, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of like guide you a little more than others. And, and in regards to the Sabbath, um, I just felt that that's where I found that glimpse of hope that you're, yeah. that we're I'm talking about that our listeners are wondering like, are you ever gonna like is this is there ever a moment where we can kind of figure out what we should be doing or how we could be doing I'm like I don't know what you should be doing but this is something that you know even in the Bible will allow you to sort of take a step back and recognize like oh this is how I I earned the crown you know on this day you know that's exactly what that's for you know um, and yeah you know it's like the 
we talked about those six faces of the cube, right? And the, the cube represents this whole aspect of Saturn and the limits of life. Um, and that seventh is really that crown above the cube and it's that step above. So again, this is that, that crown chakra. And, you know, even in regards to how our Sabbath is set up, that wasn't the universal Sabbath. And there's a lot of people today, and I, I want to say the Sabbath changed when they switched over to the Gregorian calendar. Mm. But like, this is again why um, the Jewish religion doesn't have their Sabbath on Sunday. It's Friday night to Saturday night. Right. Right. And that's um, that was actually seen more as a true Sabbath because it really actually wouldn't make sense to have your Sabbath on the day of the sun, which is the most vibrant energy you have. It would be more. Right. It would make more sense Venus taking you into Saturn, which would be kind of the the vesting point, right? Because it kind of like has you reflex on your desires. But either way, I think what's important about the whole idea about it is just you know the need for spiritual calmness and even the whole rest that we deny ourselves in the West because it's like all about how how much can you work and you know people use it as like a badge of honor that they've like worked twenty hours overtime this week. I gotta say, I love how you sum up my way of babbling because that's exactly what i was getting to I'm like how come we don't allow ourselves a day of rest that's really what i was trying to say in that yeah. whole rant so i'm like it's just interesting but anyways go on. no but it's so true my man because i was picking up exactly what you're putting down but again i think it's part of this aspect of, of living in the west um and being disconnected from these stories because we've read it as people just read it analytically and like oh god made the world in six days right. and then had to take a day off and they like mock it when really this is giving you this is just giving you parameters of how to live it's telling you this is what this experience is all about um you can either learn these laws and abide by them or you can go against them mm. and you know we've talked about that when you abide by natural law you feel pleasure and growth right and when you go against natural law you feel pain and discomfort you know um and that's what we're kind of seeing which so, we've learned to take do you yeah. recognize that? Do you recognize that that rather than being like, oh, this is so easy to recognize that this isn't something that serves me, we're more like resilient to it. We're like, oh, life is pain. So oh, life is pain. And then we form patterns, you know. Right. And gosh, man, you know, one of the things that I think we all could probably work on, I know myself fully, is, um, you know, you talk about those pain patterns and how you can just like throw yourself into those like pain whirlpools and you know exactly what to think about to just get you in this like negative sense and stuff like that. Um, That's another form of energy. It's another form of energy. And how we use that and unleash that energy on ourselves is um, it's just something we have to, through the spiritual progress, through alchemy, you really want to invert because it can be so destructive. You oh, know? All, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, but again, like that's, that's kind of what we're talking about today as we kind of enter this journey into Adam, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So let's go, let's start from the top, man. Perfect, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, we all know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Um, and we're kind of taking a look at it and we're going to kind of take a, we're going to kind of look at the, the mental aspects of what this kind of represents today, um, but kind of touch on a couple different aspects. But so we'll look at the astrological correspondences about the players that are going to kind of come into this situation we're really starting to see a lot of planetary significance. We're going to see a big play by Venus today. Um, Saturn always is going to be a part of this experience, but we're also going to see Mars and Mercury starting to really start to show up. So we're really starting to see this Elohim, which is these seven gods that was kind of represented in this Bible, or these multiple gods that we see as the planetary energy, really starting to kind of create their influence. Um and they really can't have their influence truly created until humans show up. Right. Because we are the most sensitive to the deeper aspects. So, like, the planets do have this, you know, pull on the migration of birds, um, instincts of animals. Like, these are all represented in the planets. But what the planets do with animals is more groupthink, where they kind of control the herd and they right. can kind of control that. So that we don't get this individual expression so much and the self identity of these planets until we're, we have humans enter the story. Right. 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 Which is kind of the pinnacle of everything we've talked about. Cause it's all leading up to that individual consciousness that kind of manifests itself, that self-conscious of itself. Um, and that's where we kind of have the, 
the, the, the scene kind of show up with Adam first. Um, and this is going to be really kind of um, this, this creation of Adam. I mean, this is again, this is like talking about you, like how he has Adam name everything. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of talking about this in the patron right now because we're going through the houses and we actually have the third and the fourth house it, that's going to be um, released tomorrow. But you don't think about this in your development. So you go from the womb, right? Right. And then you have this aspect of where you're separate, but you kind of like believe that you're still a part of your mother for those like first nine months. Like you really don't see yourself as this like separate entity. And then you start realizing your fingers in your hands Right. And then you can start realizing that like you have limits. Right. And we have this whole experience with Saturn. So what kind of happens next, which is kind of fascinating, and we see it happen in the Bible, because, again, this is the story of you from that spark all the way up to now you've lived all the lives of being an animal. You've made it to being human. He lets Adam name everything. That was a really powerful aspect in your life. And again, we don't remember it because we don't have concrete memories of this, but you had to figure out what was you. Um, and that's like a really huge, powerful experience that we all go through that has to be very transcendent. Like, you know, it's like yeah, almost I mean, like it, a psychedelic experience when you, the first thing you, the first right. time you probably had to realize that like I'm on the chair, but the chair is not me. Right. Like right. that's fucking crazy. It is. Like to think about you well, having happen to right to, now. Right. If you don't want to go that, I don't mean to interrupt because I love what you're saying, but I had to say this by saying that uh, the fact is if you were to take a being and put him in a place like, say, the Costa Rican jungle with nothing named, that being would at some point recognize that they are the only ones who could name everything that mm-hmm. is around them. The trees aren't going to speak to the being and say like, this is what we go by and nor are the animals. So it, it, it still can happen in this day right now. Like yeah. you, if you keep them away from any kind of literature or any kind of like modern time information, you have already this innate uh, way of just saying like, okay, I guess it's up to me to sort of make the path here. Everybody right. else is in, in synchronicity. The cicadas are doing this and these, you know, reptiles are doing that and the ocean's doing this, but like point, 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 point. And this is this, and this is not me. And this is this, and this is not me. So right. like, it's interesting that we still have that ability. Uh, yeah, for way. sure. And we, and we all went through that experience, right. you know, right. cause you kind of go through that as a child. So this whole noun verb connection, and that's why so many languages are kind of formulated around that because mm-hmm. you have the thing and the action and now you you're separating the thing from the action so you, you know i am running you separate your you are not running you are in the process you are in the action of running right so this whole identity has kind of been created um for this idea to kind of identify and compartmentalize our mm-hmm. world Right. Mm-hmm. Like what you were kind of speaking about, like somebody who just gets dropped off in the jungle, they're just going to naturally going to start com- com- compartmentalizing everything. Right. And kind of organizing everything where it needs to be. But what we're seeing here is just, again, it's just the story of your consciousness. So you had to go through these aspects of realizing that you are not your mother. Right. You are separate. And we even talked about this early on in the podcast, you know, even understanding that you're limited by your reach and you can't just you know, you're limited by your body. And so you might see something across the room, but that doesn't mean you can just grab it. Right. You have to like kind of go over there. So there's this whole process that kind of happens with Adam in this point. And we're just, again, we're seeing the pieces we put together for this individual to really kind of start on the spiritual journey. Um, and that's where we're kind of looking at. So he, he goes through Adam and he has this aspect of kind of showing Adam natural law. And kind of telling him, right. you know, you have command, you have responsibility over these things. And what they're really trying to do there is just give humanity the highest aspect of consciousness on Earth. So it's not so much like they owe these animals owe anything to you. It's more of like with great power comes great responsibility. Okay. Right. And so that's another thing that we kind of look at. And it's just like, oh, well, we don't own nature. And it's like, no, if you really look at that, I don't really think it was under its do- individual's domain. It's just because... They have the consciousness to do that. And if they put it under the correct will, the universe will progress better that way. 
So then right. is that when the birth of the ego would come about within Adam? So we're going to see that. The ego is really going to kind of start getting created. Um, but that ego really almost kind of comes online with Eve. Um, and that's where really where Eve is going to kind of come in. So, so Adam goes to this whole aspect of naming things, right? And then um, God puts Adam in a slumber. Okay, this is, I think, a great indication. I think this would be almost a representation of that story, The Pearl, mm. right? Where the it's talking about yeah. that individual who travels and forgets that he's the son of a king. Uh, and then in that process, takes off the rib of Adam, rib of Adam to make Eve, right? I think this is talking about a lot of different aspects here. Um, I think the, the rib is kind of talking about that connection we have to the plant world that we talked about through the creation. Remember the seven days of creation? Mm-hmm. We have that sympathetic <clears throat> nervous, you know, we have that whole system um, within us and just how, you know, electric, how just like electricity wise stuff moves through us. Right. And just like that whole sense sensation kind of aspect, we have this very much planetary planet, um, plant kind of aspect about ourselves. And so I think that, there's a good representation there about the the separation, the idea how like a plant can, you can just, you know, take the seed and drop it and it'll create right. new growth. Right. Um, so kind of talking about that deepness that's between us. Um, and then I also think the rib kind of represents, you know, the ribs use is to protect your heart. So Eve coming out and really going to represent the subconscious and that feminine aspect, I think right there, consciousness in the universe was trying to tell you like even though this is the story about us your main goal as the ego which is kind of the representation of adam is to protect the sacred feminine that's within you just like the rib does right does that make sense so um again that's why you want a strong men in your society um because strong men there's there's an important aspect to protect the feminine Right, it's one right. of the, it's the most important thing. Um, protect the feminine in your society, and also protect that feminine within yourself. So they're really kind of giving direction, I think, to how you use that that divine masculine energy, and really what that divine masculine energy is to protect that true aspect of that you know intuitive subconscious feminine aspect that resides within us. Um, and so that's what we're going to kind of see. So. We kind of go into the slumber, and then we have the separation. Right. And we have Eve getting formed out of Adam. And what that's going to represent is really the, we kind of call it the fall um, later on. Um, But really what this is going to represent is the brain getting separated by the hemispheres. So if you really kind of think about it, we looked at the left brain hemisphere as the masculine. When we looked at the esoteric brain that episode, that would kind of belong to Adam. And then the right brain is going to be the feminine, sacred feminine Mm -hmm. um, subconscious. And that's going to kind of belong to Eve. Um, And so really what we're going to kind of see here is that separation of that wholeness of our consciousness and our brain that we had intact and through this whole separation, when we kind of talk about the fall, that's going to be fractured. And the whole spiritual experience is going to be reconnecting Adam with Eve. So reconnecting your left side of your brain with your right side of the brain, which is so important for us to understand. Because again, why you understand Genesis is you'll start seeing everywhere this Alpha Omega theme. The same thing that's going to take us out of heaven is the same thing that gets you back into heaven. Right. And that's one of the most important spiritual laws to understand that, you know, it's always the inversion of energy, but the thing that might be your downfall is actually also what can make you a saint if you divert that energy, divert that desire, and put it through a more positive outlet. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so this is going to be kind of, this this story really is going to kind of express the feelings that we have that spiritual aspiration that we have within us. This is what this story is. It's really kind of gives identity to that internal feeling of wanting to reconnect with that one thing. Um, It's that thing that's kind of like on the tip of our tongue um, that stretches out um, 
kind of like in all directions, but what we want through all of our spiritual progress is to become home, to become whole and kind of get back home. Right. Um, it's kind of like on the tip of our tongue. So when you're looking at the Adam and Eve story and it's so hard to explain, like, I just want to feel complete. I just want to feel oneness. And, you know, we, we're always like striving for this. This story will give you a lot of peace because it's breaking it down exactly what happened. It's saying, Hey, you have this like separation that's happened within you. Everybody has gone through this. You go through this process in creation. Um, this is how it happened. And in the plans of how it happened is also the plans for how you put it back together. Um, so we kind of start this like beautiful journey right? Um, of reconnecting that consciousness with the subconscious. Yep. Right. And that's Yep. No, absolutely, man. Go on. So um, yeah, we just kind of have this like new identity. And so we kind of have this moment that they're, they're kind of living in this aspect together. Um, and then we obviously have this like famous tempting of Eve with the apple. And this is really what's going to like further take the story because. Which can I say something really quick? Yeah. Is this, you know, I like that. I want to pause you there because of the negative aspect of, of Eve, but it's not negative in the sense of wrongdoing as much as it is the opposite of the positive in the regards to like the polars between male and female. And I think that's where people disregard Eve and her position and how this all got started is that they're like, oh, she is the one who caused for all of sin. And it's like, whoa, let's put, right. let's put the brakes on that for two seconds really quick. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, you you nailed it, man, because I think exoteric religion really did a disservice to the story. Oh, man. But exoteric yeah. Christianity can be pretty much categorized as just a disservice to the feminine of all of all the books of the Bible. Right. So... Through that whole time period, that was just the feminine. It was just kind of hidden and everything, but she really wasn't on full display like she should be. Um, so, yeah, we have this with this Adam and Eve story. And this is actually where we have to really start making separations. And we'll kind of tell you the esoteric feeling, um, the esoteric Christian feeling, but then also the Gnostic, because the Gnostics kind of see it a little bit different. Right. Um, and um, of like what Eve's role was and kind of what was kind of playing out in that aspect. Um, but yeah, this is a, a necessary event that needs to happen. Um, the fall is how we're here for consciousness to expand and grow through us. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the fall, we'll never have that opportunity. Right. Right. Um, because we would have no desire. There's no desire and there's no understanding of what they called the good and the evil, right? Right. The tree of knowledge. And so that's exactly what happens. So Eve is tempted by a snake, right? And this is, this is a, um, again, there's kind of this aspect of, is this, is the snake Satan or is the snake, like the snake Lucifer? Well, she's tempted by the snake that's in the tree. Right. Right, right. Do, do we bring up the trees? Yes, because I mean, that's that's, that's I mean, huge. God tells them not to go there, or they'll die. Right, right. Yep. Which, which they end up not dying physically, but right. They have the kind of death that we've been chatting about. Right, right. Because that's a spiritual death. Right. Because you're eating from the tree of knowledge, right? The tree of evil, tree of good and evil, and that's exactly what that's going to represent. It's really going to represent that plant life. That we said was a part of us, mm -hmm. right? We said that we go through this aspect and you have this, you have that chakra system is very much like the plant system that's still within you. You have the minerals, which is your bones and everything. So what this, this energy that the snake is going to represent is really the kundalini energy going down the spine, right? Because the snake is coming down to kind of greet her. And so it's really kind of this waking up of this kundalini energy within us. And that's going to be this really push for desire and drives. Um, and this is what's going to change the whole aspect of consciousness, because this, what this is going to represent is the desires and the drives that push us and pull us in the different directions of our life. Mm -hmm. And these, um, you know, it's, it's a very empowering thing, but it's also what makes us separated from the world and makes stuff like not really make sense. Right, right. 
Um, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and again, you speak about the death because he says, don't eat from this tree because you will die. And that's really very much talking about spiritual, spiritual death. death. Because you are, you're kind of taking on this aspect. And I think this is almost a good allegory of the difference between the exoteric and the esoteric because the exoteric would never bite the apple where the esoteric would be like, yeah. I don't think God would be judgmental like this and they would bite the apple and they would go on that journey. So, which is the journey everyone takes to even lead you to this podcast is just like, meaning like when you allegedly fail to, to abide by something that you might have been told um, was right or wrong, your internal decision will, or decision-making your will tells you otherwise, which then sparks the curiosity to learn all kinds of mysticism. And I feel like that's what they were doing in themselves, right? Yeah. In that moment, they're just like, oh, well, there's more to all this. I guess we must disobey in order to make sense of everything as we make our way back home, which again, <laughs> right. this is everything we talk about, right? But Right, right. And this is, and again, we, you know, we, we keep saying this and you can't say it enough because like, even I say it all the time on this podcast, I forget it, but this is the story about you. So it's, it's really going to, what this is introducing is all the big players are showing up. So we have we have the the mother energy in the very beginning. We have the Saturn that tries to suffocate it, um, and now we really have this introduction of like Venus mm-hmm. and almost like this Mars and Mercury that's going to kind of start making itself there. But what we're really seeing here is we're going to start to see these two ideas start to be created in our consciousness, and you're going to have Saturn, which is very going to be cold and limits, which is going to be kind of represent. Um, more like Satan in this aspect. And then we're going to have Lucifer, who in this situation is going to be represented by Venus. And that's really like your desire energy, which we talked about a lot last week and the drive. Um, and so what this snake coming down, the which represents the Kundalini coming down the chakra system represents that desire impulse that we're, what we have, right? Right. It's like so, so important. Um and what that's going to entail is we are going to be, for the remainder of our spiritual experience on Earth in this incarnation, we are going to be really being pulled between these two pillars of life, between the limits and the coldness and the boundaries set by Saturn and that pure like desire and almost bliss that could come with lucifer but i really like desire and drive with venus there um because it's kind of the higher aspect of looking at that so you're going to have this like this crucifixion that's going to happen and this is actually what is going to make more sense as we get into the new testament when we talk about what jesus is crucified between right and he's really crucified between lucifer and satan and on one hand it's too cold in the Saturn side, it's too cold and dense for life. And the other one, you burn yourself up trying to fly too close to the sun, right. which we've heard in mythology, which is the over bit of that Lucifer energy. Um, this is also why Lucifer is going to kind of play another role and going to fall from heaven. But this is what it's talking about. It's just that that Luciferian energy takes over and this desire and this impulse really pushes to kind of pull us one way or the other. And so where we're really going to see this story kind of end up at the end is the balance of them in between and utilizing, understanding Saturn's boundaries, but still kind of applying the aspects of Venus um, and kind of that push towards, you know, just that to fulfill the desires and drives of our life and get connected enough to really have a sense of what those true desires are so we can express them. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the one of the things to kind of really think about is just that the battle is between the ears. So, you know, again, we see this whole galactic aspect of, like, good versus evil and everything, but that whole battle is always in between the ears behind the eyes, and that's where the battle has to be won. Um, so it's you can you can kind of lean to each side very easily mm-hmm. depending on your birth chart you might be more susceptible to lean to one other but it's just important to understand this polarity that's going to make itself in our consciousness 
And again, it had to be important. If it's something's written in Genesis, it's important. And everything we've talked about so far is very important that the separation of the brain with the hemispheres, the journey of your soul to get to the self-conscious at point. Um, and now we have the really breaking down between your fears and overconfidence and how right. you can be way too overconfident and boastful, but you can also have fears that fears that just suffocate any aspect of change you can make in your life. Right. But then you can have somebody who just, you know, burns themselves up by going too fast. Um, so we just have this like interesting life lesson that kind of comes down to kind of give us a little bit more perspective on how to handle those astrological energies and right. how important they are that this book is within the first verses, couple of verses, first couple of chapters is identifying these um, and just how we don't even think about talking about them today. You know, well, no, like again, the, what I was going to say between Genesis one and 11, they, that I've seen it to be described as like the downward spiral spiral of man, mm-hmm. you know? So like they immediately get away from the idea that there is a separation there, but there's also, the initiation of having to again go on to a more sincere and driven uh path to to home or to spirituality um and just in the exoteric version of the bible or even the king james version obviously that we're talking about i mean all you see is just how how much worse it gets from there on out because that's how it's described by the mistakes or the fall that is occurred or that has occurred um the mistakes that follow thereafter and how shame has come about mm-hmm. and how, you know, that ego that maybe Adam had in the beginning with that energy that I thought it was described as like the Aries energy mm-hmm. um, uh, from one of the books that I'm reading right now, which is uh, by Manly P. Hall. But, you know, it's interesting how it just doesn't really necessarily cover how it's its own blessing in disguise that's going to help us make our way back as we're, we keep talking about in this podcast. Since this is a story about you, here it is, but it just kind of goes so fast. If you're doing the, the King James version, if you're doing the exoteric version, it's just like how it's like, Nope, this was the fall. This is what happened. Right. Like silly, silly people shouldn't have eaten the fruit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, there's just so much that goes on within in like, I like how you describe it between the ears and that's going to happen to us no matter what. Even right now in our society in modern times that we this we find ourselves trying to um, break down the gender roles. I think it's so interesting that, you know, if you want to go it alone, which we all have, you still have this incline, which is your ego or your drive or your, your, your desire to make your way back with a balanced perspective and it's almost impossible if you kind of take that step alone um without knowing like what the opposite is doing and what what would happen if both came together to walk that middle path that we always talk about and so i feel like right now even people find themselves i guess putting their energy into something that may not have an outcome that would allow them to ascend Mm-hmm. Just based on the fact that they're like, well, you know, I don't think I need to explore that other side. Like I know how I am analytic, analytically speaking in this case, um, I'm going to make sure that this takes me to as far as where I need to go without anyone else, you know? So it's all about me, me first. Um, that same kind of, um, idea that we talked about in the first season with, um, with, uh, having to be, um, solipsism like having that sort of like idea that that's all you need you know what i mean and it's it's far from that you know what i mean and that very first uh encounter with having free will decision like eve did to take the bite um right there and then it's already misinterpreted as like well you're at fault and i'm gonna go this way because this is this was you're doing because i think adam even blames god he's like you made her so therefore, like, I, I'm not at fault here. Like, I just followed her mm-hmm. because she offered it to me, but she wouldn't have offered it to me had you not made her. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you're already, like, right. bending then, the rules here a little bit for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Oh, no, and I think that's a great aspect of how we don't understand the world. We don't see the world correctly, and then we yell at it when it doesn't play yeah. the movie we want to see. And that's I think that's exactly what's happening there, you know, because we are – you know, again, there's like astrological things that happen and there's 
bigger things that are happening that we can't quite understand. But for the most parts, when it comes to, you know, your everyday things that bother you about yourself, a lot of times it's self-inflicted or it's, you know, if it's, it's like a, a perspective that has to shift right. in order for you to kind of progress through it. Obviously there's accidents and emergencies that happen that you can't be prepared for, but for a lot of the times, a lot of the, a lot of the problems in our waking consciousness is self-inflicted pain. And I think that's a great way to see, because again, we're, we're reading it from this outside version. We're seeing this like Adam and Eve as this separate thing, but no, what you're really looking at is saying, Adam is mad about his subconscious oh. making this event happen because yeah. Eve represents his subconscious, right? Cause this is one being, this is you. Well, this is why you take your masculine conscious and impregnate your desires. After you go through your desires correctly, you take that masculine penetrating energy and you plant the seed in your feminine energy because what the Bible's trying to tell you is, you know, what you think about, you pull into your life and what you vibrate in is what you're going to pull back in vibration. So this is a great case study in even just the aspect of the law of attraction or the law of vibration that we've looked at, because that's exactly what they're breaking down in this aspect. He's yelling at God and God's like, it was you, like you manifested that you pulled that aspect and you're a creator, you're part of me. So this is you, you can't like cry out to me. So I think yeah, you bring up a, a really great point, but again, this, we needed this feminine aspect. We needed this connection. We needed this fall because we have to make this journey back because again, in the garden, they're whole, but they don't have their own identities. And it's not until they bite the apple that they actually perceive themselves. And that's when they cover their themselves. And that's the only reason God knows is because they're wearing clothes when he sees them next. Yeah. He's like, the hell are you doing? Like, what's how did you go to here? Burlington Coat Factory where you here? You know what I mean? Um, and they were like ashamed, right? right? And he was just like, why do you have shame? Well, the shame came from the failed desires and the the misguided drives. Right. So we're seeing this cause and effect. So again, like we see, we read these lines, like it's happening in real time, but we're talking about like the evolution, the progress of your soul. So this could go, this is lifetimes could be within those lines. Right. You know, um, so we're, we're really kind of starting to kind of see what this aspect is. And so esoterically, they see it as almost like, again, it's like this big pattern, like God needed us to eat the apple so we could have this experience. Um, and more of this idea that like everything is kind of morphing. Um, and this is kind of the in introduction of Venus as this Lucifer energy, but they kind of see it esoteric Christianity kind of sees it as this like desire and not desire needs to be controlled. Well, the Gnostics who are, are going to be, um, a kind of a group within esoteric Christianity that a lot of people say have the most valid esoteric Christian claims, I guess, um, or the oldest they're not going to see so much the snow, the snake is going to represent Venus, but more the aspect of the sacred mother making her experience felt through Venus. So this is going to be actually the snake actually represents Sophia in the right. Gnostic Bibles, which Sophia is the God beyond this God. So the Gnostics actually see the God of the old Testament more as Saturn and that's why he can be jealous, and that's why he can be have want vengeance and stuff like that. Because the Gnostics were like, "Oh no, that's that's not our God. Like that's a God lowercase G, kind of like what was brought up with Elohim, but that's not God because God doesn't have jealousy. Like he would never worry about you worshiping him because right. it's above that. And that's what they kind of think Sophia represents. And again, <laughs> we'll go." really deep into Gnosticism because it's such a fascinating subject. Um, and I love the breakdown of Gnostic art as well. Cause it's it kind of has its own little symbols like alchemy does, which of course it does. Cause it's badass. Um, but, um, but it's just something to kind of bring in mind um, what that snake represents. So they both kind of represent desire. I would just say the Gnostics kind of just take it a little bit different of like, why do you have that? Why do you have these desires? Why do you have these drives? Um, and their whole agenda is pretty much almost 
surpassing this fake God, which they see as like the God of Genesis, where they don't really recognize that as like the ultimate God. And you see this in a lot of alchemical art as well, um, because we'll have different layers and what you think is the Godhead actually gets deeper and deeper. Right. Um, but either way, we have this introduction of new planetary energy that comes with this Adam and Eve. And what we're really looking at here is after that fall, we're really going to have them get kind of, you know, separated from heaven. And this is really where, from my understanding, is where that ego really gets formed. Because that ego really wasn't separate from God prior to this. Mm. Because it was one with the garden, and they were one with the garden. Right. Um, And this is why in old text, um, there's stories of, the first man being just a giant plant connected throughout the whole world. Um, and they kind of have this idea is because it was like, Oh, you were one, you were one with oneness. And then this creation of Eve and the biting of the apple is going to separate the brain. And that's, what's going to fracture the brain to where the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain now speak in a different language. The left brain speaks black and white and um, you know, like more of like binary code and the right is more going to be artistic, holistic, um, kind of deeper symbol, kind mm-hmm. of like dream symbolism is going to come from there, where like your driving symbols of like, this is a stop sign, this is a caution sign, that's left brain, where dream symbols is going to be kind of like your right brain. Right. But what we get in this story is the thing that's in the tip of your tongue is just like, why don't I feel whole? And we try to change our environment. We try to change the people in our lives. We try to change all these things. Um, and that's funny because I just had a conversation with you. I was like, I want to move to Costa Rica, um, but I'm already doing it. Because like, if I think that Costa Rica, like I think Costa Rica is going to be amazing and I can't wait to move. Um, but if I'm going out to Costa Rica because I think it's going to make me feel whole, well, I should just stay in Arizona because right. like, there's nothing. like I might have a little bit more peace over there. I might like being near the ocean. Um, and I might like love bananas, but like, that's still not going to finish my spiritual progress. It's not going to be like, Oh, look at Daniel. He got like 2000 more daily vitamin and potassium that two months. Like, let's get him up here to this like next level of consciousness. Like that's not going to happen. Um, it's going to have to be this self work and it's this whole process of this wholeness, but this is why we're so depressed. This is why we get so sad. This is why we put so much energy um, into saving relationships that maybe we don't even want to be in. Mm-hmm. And that could be destructive and that could be abusive. And we stay in these situations because we just so very much want to be whole again. And it's so foreign to us and it's so hard to explain and it's so hard to talk about. And again, this is why this is such a powerful book because it's selling you, you can never explain this to somebody and somebody can never explain this to you, Right. But if you both read this, you'll have an understanding of not only what you're going through, but also what they're going through. Right. And that's a really powerful thing to kind of create, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the influence of where where you might feel in, in a place and time while you're, you know, living and breathing in the physical body, you can even look at it as such a base like if you had like an elevator pitch to Adam and Eve, um, even that would give someone a little bit of um I don't know. I want to say like a like a path to figuring out why they are the way they are. Like I think it's interesting that Adam cried out to God and say, "Hey, I'm I'm lonely here. Like mm-hmm. I, I know the secrets of the universe. I know what it is to be a, a one with oneness, but I'm I'm pretty lonely." And he's like, "All right, I'm sending you. Uh-huh. I'm taking a part of you to create, you know, company." But then when the company, which in this case will just, and I'll make this as, as in lamest terms as I can so that people can understand, like, again, elevator pitch, I would say it was the female, not who made the mistake, but who had the higher thinking in order to take the step that would then initiate you to understand something more that you didn't even know about. Yet it's the man in this figure who fears the decision she already made. And that can be like translated to just today. I mean, I, I'm not here to discriminate anyone who... In regards to genders, okay, so first of all, like full disclosure, I'm not painted this black and white with genders. Everyone is entitled to to how they want to feel in a relationship as far as monogamy and so forth. But as a personal anecdote or just a personal story, like I remember wanting to be whole and I also remember what it felt like to be lonely. 
and I, I found a lot of ways to cope with loneliness. Um, but most of the things that aid me were all aspects of the female energy. So all the things that even my mother allowed for me to express myself through like music, playing guitar, the arts, uh, feeling, um, uh, finding ways to forgive yourself. Like that's really hard for some of us males is to figure out like, Hey, am I not doing enough? Or is this purpose that I'm, that I'm supposed to be following or, or going after who am I really protecting? And what am I protecting? You know what I mean? Because like at some point I do come to the end of a cliff and I'm like, I don't really need to be here anymore. Not to say that I'm going to take my own physical life. That's not what I mean. I'm saying like, do I just turn around and face, you know, just do another pilgrimage 2000 miles in the opposite direction? Like, where do we go? And like a lot of people will go through that, not knowing what the actual balance that they're looking for um, really is. And so I feel like even, like I said, this is a personal story for me just to always make things relatable since Daniel and I always go so high up and then come back, you know, to ground. I just remember thinking Angels like, and apples, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember thinking, man, I really want to, to know what it's like to feel whole. And I don't mean that, you know, I need to find a significant other only, but even if you did find a significant other, you have to have this, you have to make room for not just an entire person, but also the idea that, what lies after this and in the case with adam he asks god to give him a to give him company and when that company arrives he's quick to sort of like turn away from her by saying like look what you've caused and i can relate to that with even just the idea that hey here we are we're a couple and this is again in my case and she might say so children are coming next i'm like oh wait are they you're like oh my god because in so many ways it's it's I'm just being honest. It's terrifying. Not to a woman, I find it, but to a man at times, it's more relatable. If I speak to my fellow men, I'm like, oh, she wants kids. And it's like, oh boy. And you're like, I know. And then, but she's just like, hey, I'm going to do this with or without you, you know? And I'm like, man, this goes all the way back to this elevator pitch I'm saying. It's like, if you didn't know how to go about that, here's a perfect story of the very beginning when that fall happens where you ask for the company, the company arrives, the company takes it to another level that it's going to allow you to spiritually grow as well and go on about a higher level of thinking and selflessness, but you're too afraid to join in and you're actually willing to say it was her fault Mm -hmm. or she started it. So it's interesting how like you can still relate to these things today with these energies between like a male and female uh, energy or just you know, uh, uh, the imbalance that we find ourselves in. And I like that you're talking about depression and, and, uh, mental instability when we don't understand that what we must embark on is going to be, of course, never easy, but also has, has its purpose that you must go out and, and find and not, and not fear and just mm-hmm. throw Eve under the bus. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, doing. right. Um, it's not what you so, do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. You a hundred percent, man. And you nailed the, one of the, a great part of this because you brought up the aspect too, of how, you know, Adam was kind of this loneliness and there was like this desire for experience. Um, perfect. That's what, that's what made you look down and the whole hermetic story about consciousness, right? You're like in this oneness cloud with creation, you have everything you need, but there's this, this impulse that happens of you wanting to look down. Right. And once you look down, that's when you start having that gravitational pull. Um, and then you make your journey back up. But that desire impulse, that first desire impulse stays with you forever. And that is the desire for experience for this conscious awakening for your identity. And so it's where that term be careful what you wish for comes from because human experience is hard. We talk about, you know, what's in the box hmm. pain. That's what this whole experience is about. There's pain that there's cause growth has to be fortified by this pain. And in this physical realm, there has to be sacrifice for things, right? Like even sex is this interesting sacrifice that animals have that plants don't have to have. And we have to eat for energy and we actually have to like take energy from things. We can't produce our own food. So we're seeing this whole aspect, but this is all justified because you had this initial desire in the first place to have this experience because that desire 
is comes from the creator of all creation because this whole creation, if we remember, is its reflection to try to live through these experiences because mm. it lives through us. So it's this desire that you're chasing to make you feel more whole is not just your own desire. This goes back to this is the desire of the universe. This is the deepest desire of creation. This is the deepest desire of consciousness. It's to experience consciousness. Well said, man. So that's where we're at, right? Right. Um, and that's this. So you brought this up because like we were about to end this episode and we were about to f- talk about the most important aspect, which was that part that we forgot to leave in that he like requested this desire. Exactly. And then it comes and like, we don't know how to handle our subconscious. Like know. it's really hard and we have to, we don't get trained correctly for it. And this is again, why they don't train us in schools. It's all left brain balance because they can't get us understanding our right side brains because then we'll start turning on, you know, and getting connected and everything will change for them. So yeah, I think it's, you know, and this is also why later on in the Bible, they talk about man ruling over women. Um, but that's not a physical thing. And if you've ever seen a real relationship, the woman's usually in charge anyways. Like, oh my you know, God. like dads are always, which is great, so, right? Cause so they're good, so powerful. Dude. So good. But what, what they're talking about there is they're talking about the two hemispheres of your brain and they're saying, no, you need to instill your will, which is your divine masculine, so you can impregnate your brain with the true intentions and manifestations you weren't created in your life so you don't act like a fool and shake your fist at God when you manifested something in your life that you don't want. And it's in like, well, that's not what I thought about. That's not what I was on my vision board. Well, God's like, well, I don't care. Look what your patterns did. So right. big deal. You cut out some pictures and you put it on a poster board. You didn't think about that. You didn't even manifest. That's not what you were even thinking about when you were cutting those pictures. You were thinking about being self, you know, you had self-confidence issues and you were thinking about your inadequacies. That's what you were thinking about. And that's what you were manifesting. I don't care that you were cutting out pictures. That wasn't the, that wasn't the exercise in the beginning. It was the, for you to take your emotional energy and infuse it into the situation you were to just kind of magnify it. Right. But you didn't. You magnified it to your negative emotions and now... They've expressed themselves, and the universe thought this is what you were trying to attract, so it represents it. And then you're shaking your fist at God. So it's like, it's just telling us that this is your infancy, and you never really grew out of this. And you can have things as adults, and you can collect cars, and you can make it look like you have this whole lifestyle. But at the end, like, are you just, you know, putting flowers on a dead car like to carcass you know are you just covering rotten meat with fresh meat and like you just keep covering it with fresh meat and you're just like as long as anybody doesn't go down there and smell it it'll be fine but that whole connecting with that desire of that oneness we just cover it up until we actually face it right but it's the ultimate thing to face um and it will be the key to open up what that desire energy wants for you and then once you get on that alignment life will get easier and then you will not shake your fist at God. You'll laugh. Like even when something happens in your life, you'll laugh. Or even like, you know, somebody's like rude to you at the supermarket. You're like, that's a funny face for you to wear God. Like, you know, you just laugh at the person and it's just such a more peaceful existence. You know, even when you watch these like politicians or whatever, whoever's talking on the talking boxes, like you, you can just look at it and just be like, Oh my gosh, like it's God's playing hide and go seek with himself. And it's in that, absolutely crazy person body yeah um but um that's either here or there but um you know really just this idea of that battle between your ears and utilizing this divine masculine and the sacred feminine correctly in your brain to be able to manifest to be able to create and just how important that feminine aspect is for you to get home because this ego that kind of gets created is very much that left side of the brain. Um, Cause when we have this separation, you no longer see the connection. You no longer see that plant connection. That's literally physical roots. So we kind of identify through that left side of the brain. So we no longer, if we don't see the physical connection, we don't feel like stuff's connected. Um, <laughs> and it just kind of keeps pulling us down. So, the fall is so important because you decide when you want to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and then you can kick back up. But it's one of the first manifestations you do because you're in this constant fall your entire 
you know, kind of child, not so much in your childhood because you're kind of connected, but as you kind of get into adolescence and you start like becoming a teenager and going through all this stuff, you really are kind of like in this deep fall and you can kind of keep falling forever if you just want to, you know, join a frat, get a Dodge Charger and like, you know, just like go the yeah. normal routine. You can kind of fall forever. You can fall forever. There is no rock bottom. People, right. People and think there is. And then they think when I reach that, I'll bounce back up. It's like, no, you, you kind of create choice. it. You have you to know when you hit the floor to bounce back up. Cause you're, that's like one of your first manifestations is you yeah. manifest the floor. And it's kind of like one of those big spiritual things. And again, we always see the spiritual thing is like see in the light, but sometimes you just see the light and it like catches your attention that you hit the ground and you don't even think about making that wall, that floor, but it kind of just happens with like you having this crazy experience, but either way you have to like kick yourself back up Mm -hmm. and you know, it's going to take some time to do it, but you actually have to create that. And that's not going to happen until you come to some sort of peace or some sort of relationship with this initial desire of experiencing consciousness. Um, And where that's going to come in is what makes you happy experiencing consciousness? Where do you feel like you're growing? Um, That's going to answer a lot of your questions Um, and your consciousness. And again, too, like we've got some, your consciousness might need, I don't want, I kind of want to reiterate this. You might be somebody who really flourishes in a, a good, healthy relationship. So, you might feel more complete in a relationship with somebody and that's great, but there was probably a lot of work you did on yourself to be able to attract that person that just helps you climb that ladder. And that's really important when we talk about soulmates. Um, it's kind of what I talk about when I've had the pleasure of uh, marrying people is, you know, they always talked about soulmates as you're a vibration. And once you reach this kind of spiritual level you start setting out that vibration to actually attract your soulmate. So to actually attract your soulmate, you actually have to do a lot of deep work on yourself. Absolutely. Right. Which is so true. Um, And it keeps it optimistic for the people who are going through that of like, Hey, there's, you know, there's no sacrifice. Like nothing is sacrificed for nothing. Like everything's going through it. So even if you're in a tough situation and you do feel this loneliness and you're kind of like pulling for that, the best thing you can do is kind of keep working on yourself because that's what's going to actually pull that attraction. And it always happens when you least expect it. I can attest to that. Right? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we could probably talk about Adam and Eve for like a million hours and more. We we didn't really even like chat about a lot of this stuff. Um, But we really kind of are getting a vision of what at least this paradise was. We're understanding why we were left from this paradise. It was because we had to, and we kind of see it and how we perceive it through is the two hemispheres of our brains. So again, that middle path, that Buddhism, the way of Jesus Christ of connecting that hemisphere down the middle um, is really what we're striving for. So again, it's really cool as we talk about Genesis, it's it's nothing new. Like none of this stuff is new. There's nothing new under the sun. The stuff that we talked about in alchemy is making itself apparent in biblical studies. The stuff we talk about in biblical studies is making will make itself apparent in the Kabbalah, in the tarot, and all the other really cool party tricks to show your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, man. I, I love it. You know, it's it's definitely obvious that we're all in search of that paradise and making our way back home. Right. You know, and uh, it's it starts with what's happening within. And then have the great fortune to to find it, um, you know, when when it's ready to present itself to you, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that can come from a relationship. That can come with, you know, the bearing of children. That can come with a great job. Like you could love your career, and that can be like part of your soulmate. And if that's who you are, like more power to you. Like great that you got to wake up every day and do something you love. Um, so everybody has that that thing out there. Um, and I know it's sometimes it's harder to find in like situations we find ourselves in. You're like, oh, well, how would I even do that at this time period in my life? But there's always opportunities. And I think, you know, with that, we talked about the seven days of creation, but just that whole aspect of, you know, conquering the day, but conquering the week and understanding that you're going to have hard weeks that are going to be really, really difficult. And it's just so important for you to understand that the universe is just one big change. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it with this too shall pass, but you go through these good things and you go through these troubled times, but in all aspects and all moments, there's opportunity for growth. Absolutely. And that's why we 
that's why we do this whole experience because we're going for experience. That's what we're doing. That's it. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Cool, man. Um, well, I have nothing really more to add. Oh, you know what? I was going to ask for anybody out there, our listeners, we do mention Central America quite a bit on this podcast, but see, let us know. Let us know if, uh, you know, Dale and I do talk about a lot of places we want to go to and we understand the circumstances out there in this world we find ourselves in, but that doesn't keep us away from, you know, jet setting over to to a place that, you know, welcomes us. And so Nicaragua, Costa Rica, if you're listening, you know. We uh, love you. And Panama. I mean, Jim- not, Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaica. Love Jamaica. We love Jamaica. Um, but yeah. Let, let us know for, for real, because we are planning our next few trips. Uh, Daniel and I want to do in the next um, six months and even sooner. So, um, you know, just drop us a message on Instagram or on our Patreon account or our email. And we'd love to meet you. We'd love to connect you. We'd love to find out, you know, uh, where we can, you know, maybe find uh, a place to just yeah. hang out at. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So if you guys know good spots that you think we should head into um, and, you know, Eduardo and I have been kind of chatting about setting up um, maybe a spot out there. So maybe like yeah. even like a long term rental we will never, even if me and Eddie are living in different countries, though, we will never stop doing this podcast. So, if anything, actually, I think we'd actually even do it a little bit more if that's like became our Absolutely, focus. Absolutely, man. Um, so, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, like, are they going to move apart from each other? Because even if we do, um, he's my best friend in the whole world. I talk but to I him all the man. time. So, we can just totally do this via the, the computer doors. Um, but, you know, one thing is, as I am, um, I did not renew my teaching job this year. So I am um, full gypsy mode right now. So if you do know of like a long-term rental place in Costa Rica or a place that you're like, just check this out. I I travel pretty light. I just have um, my ride and die cat that I roll with. Um, But other than that, that's it. So if you guys know anything, Costa Rica, wherever, wherever you're at, if you're like, hey, I got a great place, Mexico, wherever it's at, um, would love to check it out and spend a couple months so to the future right to the future man (laughs) cool man so uh anything else uh big shout out to patron big shout out to instagram big shout out to um, everybody doing her thing their thing right now um and also we have um an individual who was a listener really really great individual um, who's also started a great podcast called uh, Awake, Not Woke. Oh, yeah, that's a great... That's a yeah. good one. She's killing it. Um, always great stuff. She's always sending amazing insight. Her feed's great. Feed's great. Um, there's so many people. We should really just like showcase like one cool Instagram person we, really we know should. a week. Absolutely. everybody on there is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's great. So let's... Uh, Check that out, and we'll kind of hopefully make a page to kind of make some more connections happen. But other than that, freaking love you. Freaking love you. I love you. I love you, man. I like that shirt a lot, too. Oh, it's you. it's very Costa Rican for our venture. That's what you meant by uh, it was very appropriate. It I was, was so this. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now that I'm in my mid-30s, I think it's time to start uh, rocking out Hawaiian button-downs. It's, we deserve it. <laughs> we deserve it, man. We earned this. Cool, man. Um, well, until next time. Until next time.